So good morning, everyone. I'm just sitting here, this beautiful image of rose petals dropping on all of us. Just really feeling the blessings of the practice here alive in this room together. So I'll just share some thoughts this morning. Some reflections on uh, the blessings of practicing with you each this month. And just little things that reminded me of some of our conversations and um, the felt sense of accompaniment, each alone and also together. And this timeless month of March. So Sharon Salzberg has this to say. It is a great turning point in our spiritual lives when we go from intellectual appreciation of a path to a heartfelt confidence. A heartfelt confidence that says, yes, it is possible to awaken. I can too. A tremendous joy accompanies this confidence. When we place our hearts upon the practice, the teachings come alive. That turning point, which transforms an abstract concept of a spiritual path, that turning point which transforms an abstract concept of a spiritual path to our own personal path is faith. And we've talked some about faith. And I can say with confidence that sitting here with each of you has been a huge uh, boost of faith. The heartfelt confidence that says, yes, it is possible to awaken. I can too. Seeing how the Dharma works, is working in each of us. Maybe in unexpected ways. Maybe not what we wanted. But feeling that turning of the wheel. Just like the rose petals dropping. And I think as we align with this turning of the wheel, this sense of our lives being Dharma, feeling that we are Dharma, the Dharma is unfolding. There's nothing we can do about it. It's just happening. We give ourselves over to it. We see Dharma everywhere. sense of being metta, 
And can we feel that metta that is us and all around us? Just metta. And so I was reading Adrian Marie Brown, and it turns out the Buddha was inspired by her, I think. She gives some pretty good instructions on metta for samadhi. So Adrian Marie Brown says, What you pay attention to grows. And have you noticed that when we place our hearts on metta? It grows. And then she says, we become what we practice. 300 repetitions produces body memory, and 3,000 repetitions creates embodiment. So how many thousands of phrases have you been repeating? She says, yes is the way. When I feel pleasure, I know I'm on the right track. It's rising of piti sukha. When I'm happy, it is good for the world. I think sometimes we don't let ourselves really open to this sense of happiness in the practice, gladdening the mind. Can we feel that that's a gift, that's goodness, it's good for the world to be happy? We can want that. She says, your no makes way for your yes. And so renunciation and simplicity is really important. And we've been doing this here the discipline of just being in this container, whatever the practice, whatever's happening, the willingness to be simple. She says, the deepest pleasure comes from riding the line between commitment and detachment. Commit yourself fully to the process, the journey, to bringing the best you can bring. And then let go. Detach yourself from ego and outcomes. I think the Buddha said something like that too. So we give ourselves fully and then we let go. And there's that deep trust that bright faith that Sharon is talking about. And then lastly, I just want to read you a short story. This is a story that actually comes from my partner. He wrote this, and it's about the benefits of kindness meditation. It's all about his experience with it. That's what he says. 
He's talking about the benefits, the scientific research that says that meditation on kindness, this kind of metta that we're doing, it increases social connection, improves overall mood, it increases a sense of purpose in life, and it even decreases implicit bias. That's what the research shows. So kindness meditation is a powerful practice and one that can really change your experience of others. Here's a quick story on that count. I finished my PhD now, thank God, but it was a long, difficult process, filled, at least for me, with unexpected turbulence, twists and turns, interpersonal difficulties, departmental dramas, and all the rest. Things kind of peaked in the third year of my program in counseling psychology at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Early on in the program, I'd made some dumb mistakes, had kind of kicked the hornet's nest of the bureaucracy, and things had begun to spin out before I got my head on straight and learned the ropes. So there was damage, and mostly in my feeling about the program. Unlike my master's program, where I'd felt incredibly supported and welcomed, I didn't feel I fit in too sweetly with the swing of things in my PhD program. Right around my low point, year three, spring, my department hosted a brilliant, famous psychotherapist for a day-long workshop. When I walked in, it was the same old feeling, anxiety, out-of-placeness, a sense that people were kind of looking at me funny. Call it paranoia or a bad case of the jitters. It was unpleasant. I sat with that for a few hours of the workshop. Then we broke for lunch, and I rode my bike across campus to teach kindness meditation at the School of Veterinary Medicine. I taught a class to students first, then a class to faculty, and then I rode my bike back to the workshop. When I walked in, lunch was just ending. People were milling about, getting ready to take their seats. First one person said hi to me, then another person said hi to me. It seemed that everyone in the room was smiling, and half of them appeared to be smiling, kind of beatifically, at me. Wow, I thought to myself initially, they must have had a great lunch. (laughs) But no, they'd had the same Qdoba spread the department always serves. And then it struck me, nothing had changed, except me. I had just spent a couple hours teaching kindness to vets, and it had rubbed off. I was seeing the world through kindness-tinted lenses, and it was beautiful. And so you might not always feel it, but I think you have kindness-tinted lenses on. And you can trust it. You can trust this heart. 
my friends. I fly to California tomorrow. And just a deep bow to your practice. A deep sense of gratitude for all that you've uh, all that you've done, all your efforts, moment by moment by moment, through all of the ups and downs. And they have this term in Tibetan practice called tendril, which means an auspicious connection. And anyone who practices together in this way, it means we have an auspicious connection with each other. And so thank you for your accompaniment on the path, and I look forward to uh, walking each other home. Thank you.